Welcome to the Louisiana Sports Download, where we bring you exclusive interviews with sports figures from around the Pelican State, as well as in-depth content surrounding current events at the high school, collegiate, and professional levels. Please welcome your host, Hunter Bauer. Welcome back for another episode of the Louisiana Sports Download, everybody. I'm your host, Hunter Bauer, and today we are joined by Mr. Pat Neck. He is the uh, athletic director at St. Louis High School in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Coach, how's it going today? Everything's well, man. Everything's well. How about yourself? Oh, doing well, doing well. Yeah, Pat is, uh, we got a little connection. Pat played at McNeese. He was a, a punter, kicker, three-time uh, first-team All-Southland Conference, uh, two-time first-team All-Louisiana and the 1991 All-American. So uh, good to have you on here, and you're one of the greats of McNeese, and um, we're we're excited that you're, you've agreed to come on and talk a little bit about the split uh, with going on in the LHSAA. Right. Yeah, thanks for the nice welcome. Uh, I know it's probably a lot of those things are probably before you were born, so <laughs> it's nice to be remembered sometimes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Coach, uh, you know, Let's kind of dive into it. The split. What? Tell us your opinion on it as we get into it, and what you want to. Um, you know what? What would you like to see happen? Uh, come a few weeks um, between the two sides at the convention in, in uh, Baton Rouge. Well, we've been sifting through um, the the hundred and forty some odd pages of the proposals that are out there uh, right now uh, up up for vote at the convention, and there are several that have to do with uh, getting back together in some form or fashion, and ultimately that's what we would like to see happen. And I believe that I speak for the majority of of us quote select schools when I say that. Um, I certainly understand uh, the public school perspective on the reason for the split in the first place. Um, But just to me, it seems like it was a very rash uh, solution to a very complex issue. um, And, and, and there, there are so many different types of schools here in our state and school systems and rules for who can attend what school and, and who can't and things like that, that uh, just ultimately dividing it into two different uh types of schools is is a bit too simplistic for me. Um, do we have some sort of an advantage because all of our kids, because our kids can come from different places? I would say probably, I guess. However, our kids also have to pay a, a significant amount of money to come to our school. So uh, we get a very low percentage of the kids that actually do live in our zone. So it would be very very disadvantageous for us to only be able to to have kids from our zone and speaking for us i can't speak for 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 all the 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 catholic schools or the private schools in the state but the vast vast majority of our students uh come from our catholic feeder system one of the one of the schools in our diocese um occasionally we'll have kids that'll that'll come in from 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 public school from eighth grade to ninth grade but uh there you we see it we lose a lot more of those say from from our lady queen of heaven which is our biggest feeder school uh a lot more of those go to barb each year than we get from public schools so um and, and then i'm not picking at barb i mean they're not doing anything incorrectly that that those that school is 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 a mile from their campus 
but you know those kids have gone to that school K through nine, K through eight, and and then all of a sudden they decide to go to public school and they get to high school, and it's just um, it. I, we feel like um, that whatever advantage that that is that we we supposedly have is more than negated by uh, you know our competition here uh, been a lot more economical to attend than what we are. Coach, what do you, you know, a lot of people have attributed the split. Of course, I mean, this goes back to probably what the late nineties is, is, is as far back as they've been talking about a split, but you know, do you attribute it to, uh, certain schools having so much success in certain sports, um, or do you just attribute it to the thought, okay, well, they're private schools, so they recruit? What I guess you know, can you take us inside the mindset of some of the coaches or athletic directors, um, in the state? Well, I would say if, if every private school uh, in the state was like us, uh, I don't think you would see you would have seen that big of an outrage. I mean, we're successful in pretty much every sport. Uh, we had a we had a, a historical run in football this year in the select side. We went to the semifinals for the first time in over 40 years. Um, but you know, other schools that that you know. Uh, let's be frank, the Evangels and the John Curtises of the world with all their success, they sort of, uh, were the, the, the linchpins for this, you know, the idea for this thing to get going. Um, like I said, we feel like we have a lot more in common with the Jenningses and the Iowa's and the West lakes that we've played, you know, every year for the last 30 years mm-hmm. here. Um, then we do the John Curtises or the St. Thomas Moores or the, um, or the the Catholic of Baton Rouge and things, just because you know that they are much bigger and they also uh, are able to to pull from a larger pool of students. Um, here in Calcasieu Parish in Southwest Louisiana, our public schools are still much better than what they are in a lot of those other areas of the state. So that makes it that much more difficult for us to compete. Uh, for students, not not even speaking of athletes, to to compete for students, and that's probably why we lose a few of our uh, a lot of our kids, our quote kids, every year from our from our diocesan schools. Uh, you know, going from eighth to ninth grade, uh, you don't see a lot of that in in Baton Rouge or New Orleans or Shreveport, where uh, the the public school systems are not what they are here, and you know they're that they basically are competing with other private schools rather than competing with the public school, you know, system. You touched on it a little bit uh, earlier, but let's talk about um, the attendance zones. You know, that was a big issue that uh, Coach Sal Formaggio from Honville uh, uh, spoke about uh, in one of our previous podcast episodes. You know, he was saying, yeah, I'm not speaking for him, but in a way, you know, it was saying that if uh, a student doesn't live in the attendance zone, uh, they shouldn't be eligible to play at that school or da, 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 da. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that. You know, what could be done to, I guess, uh, solve that issue? Are there any, uh, proposals on the table that looks at that problem and could solve it potentially? Well, I'll I'll speak to the first part first. I think if if you really went through all of the 300 plus football playing schools in our state, 
I don't think you'd see more than a handful of schools that have strictly students from their uh, attendance zone there. Uh, I, I've read it. I'm not sure the, the validity of it, but I've read that, that the majority of Acadiana starting defense didn't live in their zone. And, um, you know, going back to Barb again, not picking at Barb, but it's just what I know because they're here. You know, Barb has five or 600 out-of-zone students bust in every day, and I'm sure they get quite a lot of athletes from that. Mm-hmm. And, that you know, that's kind of a court-ordered thing. So I think if you really looked into the way that, that a lot of – and that's what I, I mentioned earlier about the different st- types of public school systems we have in our state. I don't believe – and somebody could prove me wrong maybe, but I don't believe that there are a whole lot of schools in our state that have strictly students that live in their zone. There are so many different ways that schools get their – their kids, you know, you have parishes like Rapides or Lafayette parishes that have basically open enrollment. The kids choose when they're freshmen where they're going to go. Now in Alexander, in Rapides, it's strict. It's strict open enrollment. When you're a freshman, you choose where you want to go, and you're allowed to go there. Um, in Lafayette, uh, they have, you know, th- these academies, these different. Uh, you know, there's a uh, music and arts and there's an, uh, uh, I'm not even sure what they all are, but there's different academy tracks that they choose. And, you know, that's the basis for them choosing Acadiana or Northside or Southside or Karen Crow or, or all of the Lafayette Parish schools. Then you also have parishes like uh, Sabine or Union that have only one football playing school. So they can get any they they get any kid in that parish that wants to play football, but they're not counting every kid in that parish for their attendance. Only if a kid from Florine wants to go play football at Manny, mm-hmm. they don't they don't have to count every kid at Florine, just the ones that come and play football. Uh, you know, same with Union Parish. I'm not even certain all the all the schools in that parish. Uh, uh, that they get to pick from. I know it used to be Formerville that they that that turned into Union Parish, and then you have um, formerly, you know, the Monroe City School System. Um, my wife's brother coached there at Neville for 11 years, uh, and they were the only school of the three in that school system that was not a failing school. So any kid in the city of Monroe whether they were whether they lived in the Wasman zone or the Carroll zone or the Neville zone if they wanted to they could go to Neville because those other two were failing Cavante Turpin that went to TCU lived in the Wasman zone and went to and went to Neville because Wasman was failing his brother a few years younger stayed at Wasman wasn't quite the player that Cavante was I want you know that that you know if that was a private school that 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 that, that was happening with you might see a few more raised eyebrows um as far as as things that are on the table, uh, I think one of the better ones that I read today uh, was by Mr. Byler, the principal from North Vermilion. Uh, he, his proposal is to put it back together in six classes rather than the nine that we have now or the five and then split it up into nine. Um, and he would apply a 1.25 multiplier to, to to the select schools, which would increase, which would, you know, potentially bump us up from 3A to 4A, but I would, you know, we'd be close. We'd be borderline. Um, but I, I wouldn't vote on that based on what it does to us. And I think that's what where, where a lot of our problem is. A lot of people vote strictly based on how it affects their school rather than what's the good, what's for the good of the association. Um, putting everybody back together, making one more class where it would, it would kind of condense 
the the ranges between the you know the top and the bottom of say 6a or 4a or whatever uh and also kind of throwing a bone to the public schools that say that we have an advantage by being able to get multiple kids uh i would say like i said before yes we are able to get a kid from sulfur or from iowa that you know we don't get very many especially with the construction and sulfur. but uh we we are able to get kids from those areas that come here but first of all, those kids have gone to the, the Catholic schools there, you know, their whole life. And second of all, we don't get close to half the kids that live in our zone. You know, we we're, we have two other schools that are in our attendance zone. And, um, you know, ours, the demographics of our school zone are not the demographics that um, are typically able to, to afford the tuition at our school. So uh, we, we don't get a very high percentage of the kids that, are, that actually reside in our attendance. Coach, what is the, the split since it's taken place? I think it was 2013 was the first year. How has it affected St. Louis as a school? Has it affected St. Louis as a school? What um, have there, are there now disadvantages uh, that a public that a private school has that a public school can take advantage of. Uh, talk about you know really the history. I mean, not really the history of the split, but you know how it's maybe affected the private schools this go around. Well, it it it, it shrunk down our our playoff pool. We have one less round of the playoffs. It, even if even if we don't get a buy, if you get a buy, you have two rounds off, which limits your ability to to host a game and make some money. We hosted a game this year for the first time in nine years the first time since the split occurred um in 2015 we were the five seed and still didn't get to host a game uh we we had a bye and had to go on the round on the road to the four seed in our first playoff game that year so it, it monetarily it shrinks down the number of of playoff opportunities that you have it also with the size with the small size of our bracket we tend to, to match up with the same teams over and over and over again we've played you high three times we've played uh, you know, we played Loyola the last two years. Um, we in in basketball we've run across U High. In baseball we run across Turlings and Ed White and STM every year. It seems like in the playoffs. And another thing that it's done for us and schools our size is because there are so few three A's and four A's, we have to combine three right. A and four A in the playoffs. Uh, two of our three football playoff opponents this year were four A schools. Um, we, you know, we lost to St. Thomas More in the semifinals. They're four A. Our girls' basketball team lost in the championship game last year to Lee Magnet, a 4A team. Uh, in 2017, our baseball team went to the finals and lost to Turlings, a 4A team. So, you know, we feel like we compete pretty well with, with other 3As, but in the playoffs, we're forced to compete with schools, you know, with, with three and 400 more students than we have. And it just kind of puts us at a disadvantage. Yeah, um, I was talking to somebody about that the other day, and you know, it's it's crazy how even with the select playoffs, you know, even you know the five A's and the two A's and the one A still get their own bracket, even though they're you know not as many, but the three and the four A have to uh, kind of fight in between each other, which I always thought was not fair as well. Um, you know, what could um, uh, what could be done if there is no agreement to bring the schools back together uh, at the end of the of the month? You know, in your opinion, what could be done or what will be done? Um, well, 
at, in addition to the proposals, the multiple proposals that we have to reunite, there are others that if, if those fail, um, there's what, there's other proposals to where we could have a little bit more control over our own playoffs, maybe change the way we divide it up, maybe um, not have us playing with four A's anymore, maybe maybe make the divisions the division break lines a little bit different than what they are right now to kind of make it a little bit more equitable. But a state of our size with only – I want to say there are probably, you know, just off the top of my head, less than 100. There are less than 100 football-playing private schools. It makes it difficult to to have, you know, classes where there's either not a, a very few amount of teams or uh, a very big spread between the top, the biggest school and the smallest school. Um, so now, barring that, um, there has been some talk with the LHSA of, of reinstituting sort of the school relations committee model that's been that's been done in the past, and um, I know that the LHSAA and the executive committee are very in favor of putting this organization back together in some form or fashion. Uh, so I think that we would get some assistance from them in in working towards a solution. I don't know if it'll take, you know, delving deeper into uh, the 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 way schools of both private and public, you know, kind of acquire in in, in eighth and ninth grade. And if if someone were able to do a, an accurate analysis of uh, where kid, how many students from out of zone certain schools have and maybe that would open some people's eyes but at this point i think that there you, you're seeing in this area especially because you know with us in hamilton we're the only you know select schools you know between here and crowley so uh we're very you know underrepresented in this area um so you there's a lot of support for the split here because even though they see us as not being, you know, over and above what they are talent-wise, they still look, you know, the Kinders and the Welshes of the world, that they still say, well, you know, we had enough of playing John Curtis in the playoffs or, or playing um, those type of schools. So it's going to be very hard to sway some of those schools uh to, to, to think our way. But, you know, I think if, if, a, if an accurate picture was put out there um, to, to appeal to both sides, I think that there's hope that we can reunite. I hope it gets done this year, but if not, I, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to hope that, that we can work, you know, in the future towards something that, that can satisfy everyone. Is there such thing, we talked about it on previous episodes um, I call it accidental recruiting, and I'm and in no way am I uh, accusing any schools of doing any sort of recruiting in the past. But could a Evangel or a John Curtis or a good team in softball or a good team in basketball, you know, if they did, you know, quote unquote, recruit back in the day, but they got so good that you know, their performances did the recruiting themselves. You know, does that make sense? And is that something that could, you know, that is applied today that, you know, and it could be applied to public schools as well because you have a lot of public Uh, schools that are very successful. Well, I think you see that with, uh, you know, again, speaking locally, I think you see that with Barb. 
uh, with baseball especially, uh, you know, they end up with, with, and again, not accusing them of anything. You, you brought it up. You know, their success, Coach Cicchini's program that he's built there, uh, their success kind of speaks for itself. So people look for ways to have their kid come and play for Barb, whether that's, you know, a kid from St. Mary's in Natchitoches, you know, six, eight years ago, moving down here for just for his senior year to play. Uh, or, you know, a kid from Puerto Rico moving here to, to live with, with a family friend and hit set the school record for home runs. Uh, you know, that those kind of things kind of happen whenever you have a lot of success. And again, whether or not teams recruit, there are, there are rules on the books for recruiting. Now, whether we need to, to amend those or, or change them and put more teeth in them or, or, or better define the way, the way we, the way we define recruiting, uh, per, perhaps, but again, to, to, to consider it just a public or uh, just a private school issue, I think is, is a little short-sighted because, um, you, you have people, uh, you know, uh, Acadiana, their football program speaks for itself. West Monroe, their football program speaks for itself. Neville has transfers coming in from different places all the time. And you don't necessarily hear, you know, the, the, the kind of accusations that you get, you know, whenever you're dealing with, a you know, Tyler Shelvin going from Northside to, to Notre Dame or, um, or those kind of things. Um, it, you know, I think I, there is a solution out there, uh, but it's going to take a, a group effort to kind of, to kind of hash that out and see what works for everyone. Going back to the, uh, you said, you mentioned something about the rules and the Constitution. Uh, Mr. Bonan, the uh, LHSAA executive director, he stated back, I think it was in December before the uh, state championships, that they had a constitutional attorney come in and look at their the the, uh, the association's uh, constitution and was going to look through it and take out the unnecessary garbage and you know make it put it in layman's terms i guess where at the end of the day there is no uh there's no doubt that this rule states this has that been the problem in the past that one one principal at this school interprets it this way and one school interprets it that way and so now we're all in this mess i mean could that be something that would potentially help there's a yeah i think there's a lot of unnecessary legal jargon and things and that just like i said looking through this 140 some odd page document that they sent and can make your eyes spin uh you know reading through some of the things and 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 the corrections that have been made and the potential changes that they were going to be voting on and things um i think it's um i think it's definitely uh it definitely doesn't help when 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 you know a football coach or a baseball coach or a soccer coach or whatever can't look up a rule and and see what it is in in 30 seconds when when he's got to kind of sift through you know 10 different sections and you know at times you know in one of the meetings that I was in last year you know they pointed out multiple instances of two different sections of the rule book contradicting each other so that's the kind of the, the the kind of thing that 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 this uh constitutional attorney was hired to kind of uh look at and kind of eliminate uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the the LSA, the the organization that was formed uh, earlier this year. Coach, did y'all have this? Was St. Louis involved in that? And if y'all were, uh, can you kind of give us some details about you know how that came to be and who headed that up? 
Um, well, it was something that we, 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 we were certainly involved. We certainly are involved. Um, it's something that came out of, um, we select, again, I'll put it in air quotes because there's no real definition of select schools. Um, you know, there's, there's Catholic schools, there's religious school, you know, there's Christian schools, there's magnet schools, there's, uh, lab schools that, you know, we're all different types of schools that are all lumped in together as select schools. But there was a, a general consensus among all of us. Uh, when we met at the last convention last January, that we felt like we were being, because we were outnumbered two to one, that we were being underrepresented, you know, with the LHSAA and with the uh, executive committee and things. So we just wanted to not, you know, uh, some people interpreted us, uh, interpreted it as us you know, wanting to break away. Um, you know, if we were New Orleans and had multiple opponents within, you know, a stone's throw away to, to be able to play, uh, breaking, or, you know, separating completely from the LHSA scares me to death because we wouldn't have anybody to play, uh, you know, within driving distance. Um, uh, it's just that simple for us. We have, we don't want no, we want no part of, of separating completely. We just wanted to have more of a unified voice where we were all on the same page and we had input from, from all of our schools to kind of have one unified voice. Uh, when we spoke, you know, when we spoke on matters, uh, with the LHSAA, just because, uh, like I said, we're outnumbered two to one and, and our, our, you know, we get, we, we can't have our way unless there's something that appeals to the non-select schools as well. So we just wanted to have kind of a common voice and a way that we could, could, uh, could collaborate, uh, you know, among each other and, and come to some solutions and come to some things that would be beneficial for us. If we're going to be relegated to kind of second class citizens and playing semifinal basketball games at 11 in the morning on a school day or, or playing a baseball game in sulfur at 10 AM on a, on a school day, you know, th- those kind of things, um, where we were kind of relegated to the, to the second rate, uh, start times at these events when we were combining and things. So it started with that. And then it, it kind of progressed to where we, we were going to host our own, uh, events, whether we did it on campus, like St. Thomas More did, or whether we did it at a, at a college stadium, like they did with, at Tulane with division one or at UL with division three or at, uh, at Southeastern with division four. Um, it's just, uh, we wanted to have a common voice and more of a, uh, united front when it came to dealing with issues with the LHSA and, and, and every, every, the leader of, of the LSA, the, the CEO or, or the president or whatever is JP Kelly, the, uh, AD at Catholic. And he's done a fine job of kind of, you know, get organizing and getting everybody, you know, on the same page and keeping us informed with what's going on and, and looking at things that are coming up the pike that, that we might need to be aware of and things. So, uh, I, I'm pleased with the way that's going. I'm not as pleased with kind of the reaction that the LHSA had to the formation of the LSA. They kind of took it as a, as a, you know, we're, we're want to be something that we're not. And, and so I think that that communication has kind of been, air, you know, fixed a little bit, but uh, again, there were no ulterior motives behind the forming other than us kind of 
wanting to get together and have a common voice. Yeah, I wanted to read a quote from uh, J.P. Kelly uh, from The Advocate. He says, I'm excited because of what we got done today, referring to the formation of the LSA. Uh, He said, our preference is for all the LHSAA schools to come back together, and we want to work with the LHSAA on that. Uh, This is about giving our kids the best experience, one they can remember the rest of their lives, and that is that is what it's all about today. And then, uh, you know, shortly after the LHS really released a statement and, and this is what I wanted to ask you because in this statement, um, you know, Mr. Bonon said it was unfortunate that it's taken the select school membership, uh, this long to organize um and then he said and equally and it's unfortunate that the launch of the lsa happened uh coach what what was the lhsla what were they um hoping for because it's almost like you know well we wanted these guys to get together and you know uh and organize themselves then y'all go and organize yourselves and then they say well i can't believe they organized themselves can you kind of you know sift through that and maybe make sense of all of it that's tough to make sense of i, I like mr bonine he and i have a a, a pretty good relationship and the, the, the few times we've talked uh had a lot of opportunity last year to do so because we were blessed enough to to make the finals in basketball and the and the the in, in, in the semifinals in boys basketball and the finals in girls basketball. Uh, so we're and you know, we, we were runner up in wrestling and runner up in golf and a lot of things that, that, you know, led me to, to have, you know, interactions with him. Um, it's, it, you're right. It does kind of, did kind of send a conflicting message to us. Um, but I think that that's kind of been smoothed over. I think that they understand now that we're not, we did not form the LSA, whether they recognize us or not. We did not form the LSA to be a thorn in the side of the LHSA. We kind of did it. Our ultimate goal, as JP said, and I think I told Warren whenever he asked me kind of around the same time, uh, our ultimate goal is to reunite the association. But in the meantime, with it not being united, we felt like we as select schools, again, I'll put the quotes on that, select schools, private schools, we needed to be united amongst ourselves if we were going to be able to do anything that's going to unite us with everybody else. Right. Um, Yeah, and that's what, you know, I'd read that article earlier today, just kind of preparing for the show, and I I read that, and I was like, well, okay, they wanted y'all to form and kind of get organized but then they're almost punishing y'all for forming so i just wanted to kind of get a little uh, explanation about all that um you, you know going back to the state championships um you know that the select schools uh, they voted to um play their football state championships away um from the superdome except for division four uh, coach Fitzhugh up at ocs um worked it out with the LHSAA to play in the Superdome. Was there any, um, did, did he get any heat for that? You know, what was there, did, did the select schools want to play in the Superdome, but just didn't feel welcome? Uh, kind of take us through that a little bit. I think everyone, you know, you know, internally, my thinking this year was when we get to the semifinals. Obviously, we had a we had a uh, a long road to hoe playing St. Thomas More in the semifinals. But my 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 private thoughts at that time were, 
that would be about right. I've been doing this for 18 years and I've never been to the dome and, and this is the year we're going to win and go to the finals. And it's not in the dome. Um, I think ultimately everybody's dream here as a high school player and coach in Louisiana, nobody says we're going to the finals. I guess maybe they'll say we're going to the ship or whatever the kids say nowadays, but nobody says we're going to the finals. Everybody says we're going to the dome, um, you know, and, and that, you know, to me, that is the ultimate prize. And I'm, one thing that shows me that w- that we in Louisiana finally were doing something right is that Texas actually copied us with that. You know, we started playing our state championship games in the Dome in 1981. Texas, six, eight years ago, finally put all their games together and started playing all their state championship games at Arlington, uh, you know, in the Cowboy, in AT&T Stadium. So they kind of copied us for a change, which is kind of refreshing um we voted with the rest of the private schools um to break away just because you know we felt like we weren't being treated equitably uh with a, with the uh you know the start times and it diluted the, you know it co- it cost Notre Dame and Catholic High uh, money to go play in the dome when they played each other in the finals I would love for our kids to have the experience of going play in the dome but it just the, the the expense of of the trips and and the the other options that were available to us uh by 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 playing elsewhere was just uh you know a better a better option for us as a whole and as far as Washita Christian uh them wanting to play in the dome came as no surprise they were kind of the one voice in the wilderness when it first happened that that they were kind of the last holdover they kind of said okay we'll we'll agree to play somewhere else if if we're not the home team but we'd really like to play in the dome if we're the home team you know that that's kind of the way they were thinking all along so that didn't surprise us at all but i did hear something last week that i think they paid something like 70 grand to play their game that one game in the dome which you know as much as we are um you know, pinching pennies to try to upgrade our our educational facilities here and our science labs and and uh, keep the lights on and keep the AC running and, and make sure our carpets aren't moldy and things like that. Uh, I'm not sure that I could sell or our head football coach could sell. Hey guys, let's uh, raise seventy grand to go play this game in the dome. Uh, he, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's you know if they had you know i don't know if it was the robertsons that gave them the 70 grand to go do it or whatever or if they had one donor that that did it but uh it's just to me it seems like you know the cost was just um outweighed the experience now obviously the experience is priceless i would i would i would still at one time one day before i get out of this business i would love to be on that sideline in the dome uh but um you know being on the administrative side of things now weighing the cost with with the experience it just didn't make a whole lot of fiscal sense one last thing coach before we let you go um so this is just a what if uh, I've asked this with the the previous two uh, guests that we've talked about the split. If the two sides cannot work it out and the private schools decide to form their own association, uh, talk to me about the pros and the cons with uh, voting for that. 
Well, like I said, in our corner of the state, the pros would be kind of hard to find. I mean, maybe it would it would open it up to where maybe we could could play some Texas schools or something, you know, as as a way to 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 do that. It would maybe give us a little bit more control uh, over some of the things that we can do athletically. Um, the cons, obviously, would be the cost again involved in 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 travel. You know, you know, when we when you talk about our school, we have when you count boys and girls, all genders, all varieties of our sports we have 23 sports here uh as we speak right now we have our girls soccer team is playing a game at washington mary and our boys jv and freshman basketball are playing in the gym right now against uh sam houston uh on the course of any winter or spring weekend we have four and five different teams playing at different places and different schools and different parts of the state uh when you take away uh, the every uh, possible opponent that we have within, uh, you know, within the, an hour radius, it would be very, very financially difficult on us, and that would be a con uh, in that regard. Um, so uh, that would be something to me that is very uh, unappetizing, so to speak. Coach, if you, in a, in your perfect world, if you could submit, a and I will say this, can I say one more thing yeah, about sure. the split? Sure, go ahead. If, if if they were if if the they if there was such if it was so unequitable uh that 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 football and basketball and baseball and softball were so unequitable that we had to split there are other sports that are far more dominated by private or public schools that could be you know can you name the last time a public school won the volleyball state championship or other than the, other than division 1 the last time uh, one won a, 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 a golf state championship or a tennis state championship. It's 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 like they picked and chose the the you know obviously they're the most popular. Soccer is another one other than Division One. Uh, private and Catholic schools dominate uh, those sports. Uh, are, are they? their athletes in those sports that they don't matter uh you know uh, just the football and baseball and basketball players matter um uh is you know th- that's that was my question there why do we why didn't we split everything so. exactly um coaching in a perfect world in your perfect world if you could submit a proposal to the for the LHSW convention to bring the uh, to bring both sides back together. What would that proposal consist of, and uh, what what would it take in your mind to get both sides back together? Well, I would submit a proposal to go back to the way we had it before, where you know, uh, we, you know, we're we're we fight tooth and nail with Jennings and Iway and Westlake and South Bow and LCCP. And, and we think we have a pretty competitive little district in football and basketball and baseball and things. Um, I know that, that, that won't fly that, that, you know, just going straight back together because, you know, if, if it takes some sort of multiplier for us or not just us, you know, a multiplier, you know, based on the number of kids that you have that, that either, or from out of zone, or to me, more accurately, to me, I don't consider a kid that lives in South Lake Charles that went to Queen of Heaven his whole life and come into St. Louis. I don't consider that as having a kid that's out of zone. I, I, I consider those kids basically our kids because they've been Catholic school kids their whole life. Um, uh, if there were some formula 
involved to to figure that out and and you know maybe maybe you you factor in you raise their the the enrollment number by a certain percentage for every percentage of kids that you have that are not from your own system i think that maybe could work or 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 fly with that um i I would love to be back together uh it's going to be difficult to persuade uh, people on both sides who have strong opinions, um, but you know it's going to take some a lot of people doing what's in the the best interests of everybody, and not just looking at what benefits them in particular. Well, Coach, we uh, we appreciate you uh, taking some time out of you. I know you got a busy schedule, and uh, we surely appreciate you coming on and and talking a little bit about the split with us. We'll uh, we'll try to have to get you back on to talk a little McNeese football here in in a couple months. Yeah, we can do that, and hopefully, we'll have a, a good news to report whenever the uh, after the convention here at the end of the month. Yes, sir. I'm I'm hoping that everything goes well and uh, we can get both sides back together because, you know, I'm fr- I'm from Hainesville and you know we we always love competing against the Washtenaw Christians and the Calvary Baptists oh, and, and schools like that. I mean, it, it always you know, made for great hear, games. You hear about Curtis and Evangel, but you don't hear about Hainesville and Neville and Oak Grove and and those those schools. And and I'm not accusing anybody of doing anything untoward. It just you know some schools are successful. Um, you know. So, but I appreciate you having me on, and we look forward to uh, to, to listening uh, to your shows. And yeah, I'll be be glad to come talk some McNeese football whenever you're ready. Yes, sir, Coach. Well, we appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow at Louisiana Preps on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe for free to listen every week to the Louisiana Sports Download.